Welcome to Dream Chasers Radio, where we are always daring to be different. Get ready, get ready, get ready to be inspired. Let's get moving toward our goals. And here to make that happen is our host, Yaya Diamond. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We are daring to be different once again. Once more, welcome to Dream Chasers Radio. I am your host, Yaya Diamond. I am a certified life coach, a performer singing with the, um, with people like, um, not the likes of, but people, you know, the groups, uh, Mr. Glenn Leonard, the former uh, tenor of The Temptations, opening up for the former ladies of the Supremes, um, uh, Rare Earths. George Clinton and P. Funk. I mean, I've done so many different things, and currently I am with Reverend Barry and the Funk. I also have my own life coaching membership site, so if you guys want to check that out, just go to the um, Yaya, Yaya Diamond, the life coach, uh, at gmail.com, and I'll send out the link to you. Uh, so, you know, it is a wonderful day, and I'm hoping that I'm getting through. I'm trying out my new microphone again. The last time I couldn't get it to work, I don't know what was going on, but let's see what happens this time. I have a wonderful show for you today, and of course, we have music, music that is uh, from a lot of different people, and I'm just, I'm I'm, I'm fabricated. It's just the wonderful, wonderful music that we have coming through from, from indie artists. Here we go. Get on the floor. Get on the floor. Yeah. 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 Get on the floor. We're going to get on the floor with some music. Here we go. Oh, my God. Get to stop and listen. 
Yes, that was Angelo Black with Copa. Oh, my gosh. Yes, today has been a wonderful day, and I hope that you're having a great day, too. Yesterday, I got into a car accident. It was just a little fender bender, but it scared the crap out of me. So please, guys, drive safely out there. Here it is, Be Wise for the World. This one for the world. With all the negative stuff going on, man, we gotta do something positive. Listen. Get it twisted like a Rubik's Cube Steady dropping gems instead of quoting rules Can I be your dealer if I'm dropping jewels? Let me be your voice in the center of the room Call the cow that's on the moon Look at the stars shine on the red carpet Nice suit, George Clooney Tell the viewers where you bought it F-L-Y-I-A-M Seeing time, take getting money Looking conscious, fresh in the middle of the produce section With a price tag, label all natural So organic, fresh to death So if I die tomorrow, I'll be fresh in death So with every waking breath I step to help the man that felt The losing hand was dealt So with my time that's left I chug nervous for the world So when I get to heaven, I can brag To Bruce Lee that I earned my black belt kicking Put it in a time frame for the dreamer who been dreaming But the time ain't came to benefit from the beauty of the portrait that was drawn By the dreamer now a king but used to be a pawn Now a queen stands tall yells checkmate to the bully And the bullies who are not her playmates Sorry Mr. Hate can't take you serious like a play date Superpower activate, close my eyes, pray to God Call that blind fate, blind date with destiny Had a one night stand, next day took a knee Asked for her hand, ain't looking for no boy Said I need a man, just call me Obama Cause yes I can, and just like that Destiny became my girl Should I, should I, should I, should I Nah, <laughs> wouldn't change it for the world, huh?
such an awesome interview. I am so happy to have had Miss Pamela Smith on the show. My gosh, what an inspiration, bringing her entire family into this one event to make it happen is amazing. So you people out there that say you can't work with family, I think Pamela has proved you wrong. And our next guest is just 
I mean, amazing, an amazing writer. I'm going to go ahead and just say, welcome to the show. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. Hi, everyone. Um, and my name is Carrie Azara, and I'm an author. Um, I've just released the fourth book, and I'm working on a bunch of others. So um, nice to be here. I really appreciate Yaya having me on. Oh, wow, wow. And thank you so much, Carrie, for being on the show. Tell me, tell me how you began writing. Oh, um, well, you know, I've done a lot of technical writing. And what I've been uh, over the years, the, the, the fiction began when uh, I started to sell a couple of cars on eBay. Oh. And um, turns out that, that if, you, if you put a story, you know, add a story about the car, the car or about whatever object you're selling – People kind of gravitate to that to that uh, auction and because they want to read the story, and and the deal is you know buy the car you get the story you know it's yours it's yours you 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 own it kind of thing, and it wasn't a story about you know technical things or anything. it was it was a made up fictional story you know where the car was you know the character in it, mm-hmm. and turned out I got a lot of eyeballs on on and I actually sold um, two of the three cars I was endeavoring to get rid of, oh, um, yeah and. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, I, I, for a while, was doing all kinds of things with um, uh, automobiles, um, uh, mostly um, British uh, sports cars uh, and um, roadsters and things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started writing stories about the cars I had you know, tinkered with and owned. And so, you know, kind of had to start a big collection. And my daughter said, Dad, you should put that into a, you know, a collection of stories in a book. And, of course, at first I was like, nah, I don't think so. And then, you know, she kept pestering me, and I started writing stories about other things, like our, some of the dogs that we had rescued, and, you know, just and just random things. And um, anyway, make a long story short, it, it became, a, you know, a, a book of or a collection of short stories. And that's, that's you know, was under the title of Uncommon Heroes and Cars. And... Um, it's got all it's got all sorts of stuff in it. It's like twenty one stories in there, so it was a lot of fun. Mm, mm, mm. And then now, from there, I just you know kept going. Uh huh. Wow, yeah. wow. You know, it's amazing how things just start like yeah sporadically. It's not something that you thought would ever ever spark anything else. But your story writing was evident in a car sale. Go figure. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and and it's a good thing because you know you retired, you got to have something to do, you know, and um, you know at least I would because I know I'd get myself in trouble otherwise. So I really think this is kind of a blessing from that point of view as well that I finally found a voice uh, in in fiction writing that I never really knew I had. Although if you told if you tell my mom that she'll 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 say no no you started writing when you were I think it was sixth grade, and and then she pulls out this one page thing that I wrote, um, and and you know. So see, you got a B plus on it. You were a writer even back then. You know, well, it's mom. You know what, what do you mm-hmm. expect? Yeah, moms love their kids. I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. So okay, so you got that. You you started that. You you developed this this whole thing, and 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 you figured out that you're a great writer. You're a great writer because of a car sale. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, hold, hold on. I didn't figure out that I'm great. Let's not let's not go. Let's not get ahead of our skis here. <laughs> Sorry. <But you're> great. <laughs> I appreciate your, your I appreciate the adjective, but I I'm I'm hesitant to apply it. You know? I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. You know why? Because great writers have a beginning. 
So you aspire to be great. So you have to kind of jump into being a great writer now and your aspiration point. So why not? Well, aspiring, I'll, I'll buy. Aspiring, okay. I will buy. Okay. There you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> so, so <laughs> tell, us, tell us about your book, what the name is, because I know that, you know, it can be confusing, your, the name. I even messed it up. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. If I don't, um, if I don't enunciate clearly, and I people will get it wrong. It's generally my fault. But um, the name of the book is Caitlin's Mooring. You know, the way you moor a book, uh, you know, a boat to a, you know, a, a buoy. So mm-hmm. that that's where. And and um, very critical scenes. Well, the, well, the book takes place in Maine, you know, on a coast of Maine, and um, uh, a little community called Owlshead. Um, and some of the some of the action that that takes place in the book takes place on the on the ocean. Hmm. Um, and and actually some uh, I won't give too much away, but some actually had some things happen on the Mediterranean Sea. So you know, there's a little more than just Maine going on here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, um, and as you might guess, uh, you know, from the title, Caitlin is uh, the you know the main character. Um, Although she does share that uh, that spot, if you will, um, with other with one one of the other characters um, in the in the book, um, I'm not sure how much you want me to tell folks. I mean, there's certainly a, you know a fair amount written about it on right. you know online, and um, I don't want to bore anybody. But uh, no, no, I, I, you know it's it's a it's a it's it's a tale about you know this family and and kind of the challenges that they 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 overcome. Um, and some of them are some of them are pretty uh, um, pretty dire. So um, uh, you know, there's 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 this this background of you know the the issue of how resilient they are and how they how they do that. And and it's through the relationships that I try to tell that how how that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it it spans five generations of this family. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it, it little ep- sort of epic in that sense, but not. I wouldn't call this an epic story, but you know, um, and you know, there's uh, there's there's a lot in here. There's you know, there's as I say, there's, there's these challenges that I won't describe too much detail, but there's also um, a couple of romances that that occur during the course of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some. There's a there's a there's more than one funeral, um, and um, uh, there's some action at sea. So, you know, the, I don't think anybody will get bored. Right, right. Well, I don't yeah. think so either. Now, let me ask you a question, because this is something that fascinates me. You know, a lot of writers gather their information about their stories through their imagination, and some through other people's experiences, and some through their own. Where do you gather your information uh, for your book? Well, this book, I'll, I'll, you know, it's, it, it's different for different things I've written. But for this book, it's actually a combination. Um, a lot of the things in here I draw from my own experience. Um, not that I'm actually writing about me or anyone that I know in particular, but mm-hmm. I do draw from you know life experiences and 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 infuse that in some some of the parts of the book. Um, the actual core of the books is is from someone I met some years back um, who told me about her and her son. And um, apparently there was no, you know, there was no husband involved and her dad had already passed away. So her son's role model, male role model was his great grandfather. Mm. Um, And this, this, this double gap, if you will, in the, in the generations and how uh, her son and her, her grandfather 
you know, sort of the bridge that um, through this, you know, relationship they had and she was telling about it and it was it was it was you know heartwarming to hear you know this story and i thought to myself what a what a wonderful you know start for you know some sort of a fiction story and you know about a, a grandfather and his you know a great-grandfather and a great-grandson and the story evolved from there because to, to have that that gap you had to figure out well how did that happen mm-hmm. so you know basically how it happened is all made up that's the fiction part Right, right. Wow, wow. And did you get engulfed in your characters? I mean, you know, did did the characters run your life, like, almost to the point where you thought they were really real people? Well, yeah, it's amazing how they come to life and and you you sort of talk to them, you know, um, I have a I have a habit of talking to myself anyway, you know, and, and it'll tell you that. So you know, if anybody <laughs> wants to say if anyone wants to say I'm crazy, go right ahead. Um, but I learn a lot by talking to myself, not because I'm so brilliant, but because you know, I, I you get to have kind of a conversation, and and you know, um, hearing yourself out, say things out loud is clarifying for me. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anyway, uh, I'm sorry. What was it? What was your question? I lost it. I apologize. <laughs> no, no. So, did you get engulfed in your characters as if they oh, were real yes. people? Yes, very much. I mean, um, people have asked, "Well, who did you like? Who, what character do you, you like most in your book?" And and um, I'd have to say the the, the grand great grandfather Henry. Mm. Um, he's he's yeah he's he's uh, he's a he's a heck of a guy. You know, um, you, you have to you know read how how he interacts with his great grandson and and his granddaughter and his wife and others in the book and you know he, yeah he's just um he's a role model for sure and that's that's what i wanted now you know because of that that core little core of of uh, you know information i got from this young woman about her family mm-hmm. and, and you know that role model issue so um uh, but um well, hopefully all the characters have, you know, are engaging. I think one of the reviews I, I received um, comment about how each each character really had their own voice mm-hmm. and um, that that, you know, that was uh, something they really liked about, you know, the writing. Mm-hmm. And what, what was the most difficult part of writing this book? I mean, everybody has one. Yeah. Um, most difficult part. Uh, well... I, I, you know, I, I, I tend to have things just kind of flow out of me, uh, you know, and and I'll out, I outline them afterward, um, and as and as I outlined it, you know, I thought to myself, oh, you know, I, I need to I need to start, you know, uh, trimming out the fat and um, adding in some 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 detail at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that makes any sense to people, but you know, there are some things that you write and and just don't just don't need them. And there are other things where, you know, you, you know, I have a tendency to, to maybe go a little too fast, you know, so I slow, slow, slow it down and, and give the reader a little more context, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's the hardest part for me. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I mean, I, I, I get to the point where I think so fast. I walk out of the room. I walk into another one. I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> right, and then you spin around and go back, so you, you know, because you yeah. hope that you remember when you're back yeah. in the original. Yeah, no, and I have. Don't. And I don't because right, my, no, mind has, no. my mind has well, gone. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes you do. I mean, it's occasionally that it works. So yeah. I guess that I guess because it's so it, it works every once in a while. I keep doing it, you know, <laughs> hoping that this time it'll, it'll you know. But you're right; it often doesn't. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sometimes it's well, one of the things you know when I when I did the book the launch for this book uh, at a local independent uh, bookstore here uh, in my community, and uh, after you know talking about the book briefly and doing a bit of a reading, um, I opened it up to questions, and um, you know the one of one of the questions was related to you know to uh, 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 you know kind of do you get stuck anywhere you know how what do you do when you get stuck you know right and, right um so so i told him the truth i i get i get up and i walk the dog you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know cuz you know, I mean, right you start moving and you know, moving moving is good um and and getting some fresh air you know then go outside up oh, there he goes sorry <laughs> Okay. Must have been must be the mailman. Uh, apologize for the, for the noise. Yeah, he's a, yeah, I'm cute. Really, can you can you imagine? He's a great dog. I didn't, but I didn't train him to do that. I do. Oh wow, oh wow! Yeah. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And where can people reach you? Um, well, they can certainly uh, email me. Um, my email address is my and first uh, initial of my first name C. And my last name, A-Z-Z-A-R-A, at gmail.com. So just, you know, C Azara, one word. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really the easiest way to get in touch with me. But, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a frequent um, uh, user and visitor to LinkedIn. So you can probably find me um, making trouble on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, I do have Facebook and and. Um, you know, there's a page on Facebook where if I have events coming up and things, you know, I often post right. them there. Right. Um, and I do have a website coming shortly. Um, uh, and that, the name of that website will be my first and last name as one word. And that was a wonderful interview with the author, Casey Azar. Uh, you can go ahead and, and get his website at, uh, sorry, Carrie Azar. And that is C-A-R-E-Y-A-Z-Z-A-R-A. I want to go ahead and take our next caller. Hello. Thank you so much for calling in to Dream Chasers Radio. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. Hello. Hi. Is this, is this Yaya? It's Yaya. This is Paul Larson, uh, author of Find Your Voice as a Leader. Awesome. So how are you? I am doing great. How's your day going? It's going. I can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> I None cannot of us complain. Can't complain. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> None no, of us definitely can not. Definitely not. So, so okay. So, tell us how you got started. Wonderful. Yeah. So, you know, I um, I'm an author. I'm a coach. I'm a speaker. I'm a facilitator. But one of the ways I got started, Yaya, is I realized early on in my life that I was also suffering from something called imposter syndrome. And that's where no matter what I was doing and no matter how successful I was, I felt like a fraud. I felt like, Hmm. oh, my gosh, I'm going to be found out. They're going to actually come up to me and say, you know, Paul, you really don't know what you're doing and we're going to ask you to leave right now. So it's really interesting. I've gone through my life with, I would say, like lots of successes. I've had lots of mistakes and failures that I learned from. But one of the things I've learned to do is kind of embrace that inner imposter, 
that inner fraud and use that to really find my true voice of who I am as a leader in life and then help others with that as well. So that's kind of what I do. That's my story. That's who I am. Um, and and it's, it's wonderful to be, to be talking to you because I know that there's a lot of alignment with what you do in life and the impact you make with people. Right. Wow. Wow. That is, I have never heard of that before. How did you find out that you were an imposter? (laughs) That's great. Um, So, you know, so first of all, I'm in great company. So you've got people like the late author, Maya Angelou, you know, she says Mm -hmm. she's written, you know, when she wrote her 13th book, she said, "Uh Oh, one of these days people are going to find out. I really don't know what I'm doing. Um, People like Tom Hanks, when he got the Academy Award, he's like, I feel like I'm an imposter, that I, that, I, that I really don't know what I'm doing. So for me, it came about probably about, I want to say about 10, 15 years ago. And um, one of my mentors in life just said to me, you know, Paul, sometimes you undersell yourself. You seem to have self-doubt, which a lot of people, mm. we all do, right, in life. We all do mm-hmm. And and she said to me, do you feel like an imposter sometimes? And when she said the word imposter, that's not a word that that I even am aware of, right? So so I'm thinking, wow, yeah, I do. I feel like a fraud. And she goes, yeah, there is something called imposter syndrome. It actually was diagnosed by the medical community back in the late 70s. Um, and a lot of, like I said, a lot of folks kind of own up to feeling like that and feeling like, even the more successful we might get or have or, or be in life, we still don't always feel like we belong. So mm-hmm. when I realized that, I, I just called it out for myself, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to go through life with a lot of self-doubt and that gap that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then hard to fill. I'm just going to call it out and say, okay, that's my imposter talking. That's my imposter feeling. And I'm going to just use that to kind of propel myself and, 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 and kind of grow and develop. It's not something I overcome. It's more something I integrate or blend into who I am. I'm an imposter. <laughs> that, is, yep. that is amazing. I am an imposter. Yeah. I feel like one sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of going with the flow. Right. You're going with the flow and and many people, especially like I've, I've watched your videos, which are incredible in terms of performance and and, and so forth. A lot of people, yeah. I mean, a lot of people that perform, um, whatever that might be, whether in in the case of like musical performance or dramatic performance or speaking performances. Sometimes there's a facade that we put on. We're, we're showcasing true talent that comes from within. That's our DNA. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there's also a facade that that is put on and. And sometimes that, that facade is sort of feeds the imposter, right? And that's, again, that's, if you think about life, right, look at, look at everything going on right now and look at social media and how we can construct different – and we can author different facets of our life, whether it's accurate or not. We can put out there different pieces of our life, which may be living a fraud or living an imposter. Hmm. So social media kind of feeds it because whether it's Facebook or, or Snapchat or, or Instagram and all the things, we're trying to sometimes catch up with people. We're trying to kind mm-hmm. of put a life out there that may or may not always be accurate. So mm-hmm. that was sort of how I got started. And, you know, I, um, 
like a lot of people in life, we have all the things that happen to us. The, and, and, and one of my rites of passage was when my, my father passed away. And listening at his memorial service to people talk about what a wonderful guy he was, right, and what he mm-hmm. meant to them. And he had a wonderful life. And by the way, at a memorial service, that's what you want to hear about your life anyway, right? You want to hear about people like mm-hmm. the impact. But I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking to myself, I knew he was a wonderful man. I knew the legacy. These are people that came back 40, 50 years ago into his life, right? And they're saying, oh, I remember when he did this for me or when he did that for me. And I'm thinking, wow, what impact am I making on people's life? Mm-hmm. What impact – Am I, what difference am I making in a life? And, and there was a stirring that I had, and I think it was a stirring from my dad, right? It was like it was okay. like his way of kind of kicking me in the butt and saying, get out there. I was letting kind of self-doubt. I was letting sort of my, my imposter kind of just allow me to kind of stay in my comfort zone and mm-hmm. not really get out there to say, you've got something to share. And so yeah. out, of that, out of that sort of event, for me, that process for me, that rite of that rite of passage was my book that says, "Find your voice as a leader," and mm. your voice is your true calling, your true passion, um, and and really find who you are. A leader in life it doesn't have to be a leader with a title or a position. It just we all lead in life. We all lead right. people. We lead ourselves. Find your mm-hmm. voice and use it for good. Mm. I like that. I like that. You know, as you talked, I found out that I'm really not an imposter. I kind of know what I'm doing here. (laughs) But I was at one point an an imposter. I really was. I mean, I was like, well, I just, I guess I'll just, uh, I'll just do this and see what happens. (laughs) You know, I think that's what everybody does. You don't really have a plan. Um, there's no, there's no, um, well, I guess I'll do this and see what happens kind of thing, you know? Um, and that, right. and, and you're right. right. And that brings on self-doubt because you don't have a plan. You think that you're not really executing anything, but in, in all actuality you are. So tell me about your book, find your voice as a leader. Right. So what it is, it's, it's a collection of, of, you know, activities, um, journaling workbook voice, Stands for. I actually took the voice, uh, the word voice, and I made a model out of that, meaning voice stands for discovering your values. So the first thing you do is who are you? What do you represent? What do you value in your life? How do you live those values? And how do other people know what you value? So that's B. That's values. Mm. Out of values is kind of what – out of values is what you just sort of said, is figuring out what you're going to do next figuring out what that plan might be, and that's outcome. That's the O, mm-hmm. establishing your outcomes, establishing your goals, establishing your vision that are aligned to your values. Many people go through life, and they live a different life. They live a life, or they establish goals or outcomes, but they're not really aligned to their values. They're mm-hmm. aligned to other people's values or company values, and so there's a, there's a disconnect there. But to really find your voice, you have, to, you have to create a life. You have to create your goals aligned to your values. And then out of that comes how do you then influence? That's the I. Mm-hmm. Influence yourself. Influence others. Enroll others to follow you, for, you know, to establish who you are, to, to come along with you on your goals, on your vision. So as a leader, that's what we do. We lead others. Mm. 
when you're on stage, I was watching you on one of your performances. When you're on yeah. stage, you are leading people, though. Mm-hmm. And you and you know and just because you have a, an incredible talent and people can 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 really sort of align with that, you still need to influence people to come with you on that journey of that particular song, right? Um, Correct. And that's what you do. You're able to do that with the influence. And if you think about influence, influence is all about: Do I trust that person? Do mm-hmm. I respect that person? Does that person have credibility? And we make snap judgments like that all the time, right? So whether I'm watching you on stage or whether I'm watching a politician um, pontificate about some kind of belief or some kind of law, right, I'm looking to see do I trust, do I respect, do I have credibility, am I entertained, am I engaged, all those things. Mm-hmm. And that's influence. That's what is wraps up in influence. So that's the part, first part of voice. The second part of voice is the C and E. The, you know, so I got V O I and then C and E. C is the one that we've touched on with the imposter, and that is how courageous are you to step out of your comfort zone? So C is courage. How courageous are you to step out of your comfort zone? Try on a new behavior. Try mm-hmm. on a new skill, or try on a new worldview. Sometimes it's more courageous to actually have a new way of thinking, a new mindset than it is to do anything physical. A lot of people can jump out of planes or jump off a bridge or do bungee jumping, and I'm not saying that's easy to do at all. But what about trying on a new worldview or a new mindset, which I think Mm -hmm. we need to do a lot of in, in this world? That can be hard. That steps out of the comfort zone. So having that courage to really like, wow, I want to live my values. I want to establish my goals and outcomes. I want to influence others and influence myself, but I'm going to have to do this courageously. I might have to stand alone. I might have to stand up. I might not be very popular. That takes courage. That takes comfort zone, stepping out of the Mm -hmm. comfort zone. And then lastly, the last one is E in voice, V-O-I-C-E. And E is putting all that together of who you are. That's E is expression. What, do, you know, what is your legacy? What is your brand? What is your overall expression of who you are as a leader? So mm-hmm. that, that is everything around your presence, your communication. Um, what do people think of you when you're not in the room? Um, what, you know, all those things that come into who you are, and what's the legacy you're leaving in, the li- in, in people's lives? We leave legacies minute by minute. When we mm-hmm. just walk down the street or we sit next to somebody on the subway – we're leaving a legacy. It may, not be, it may not be a legacy that we're thinking, but, but we are leaving a legacy. We're leaving an imprint on that individual, on that community. And if you don't author your own legacy, it's being authored for you. So own mm-hmm. that and own that expression. So that's how I – that's what when I, when I came up with voice, I thought voice is a is – a, is a, I like the word, but I wanted to put some meat around it. To help people, mm-hmm. you know, kind of go through and establish their confidence, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. Wow, and that's a lot. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't realize that they're sometimes they don't realize they're already doing all that, but they don't think that they are because maybe they didn't get the right education, um, maybe they didn't go through a program, maybe people were telling them they need to go through a program to get this. Is that something right. that you have to do? Do you have to be? Um, educated? Do you have to go to college? Do you do you have to be what everybody says you have to be to know that you're doing something? 
I think you know the answer to this, but I'm going to answer it. No, absolutely not. The education can come from life. The education can come from yourself. The education can come from the people you surround yourself with. You know, there's that um, – it's, it's a brilliant question you just asked because when people ask that question or when they think of that question, well, I didn't get a college education. I didn't get a high school education. I don't mm-hmm. have these kinds of programs. That doesn't – that that is what stops people. That feeds mm-hmm. the imposter syndrome. I'm not as good as they are. I'm not as educated. To be honest, that doesn't matter. What matters right. is what you do with who you are with what you have right now, and everyone mm-hmm. has this within them to do that. And so it, there's, that, um, um, there's that old saying, and I don't know if it's old or not, but you are who, you know, you're going to be as good as, you, as the people you surround yourself with. The, you know, the five people that are closest to you really make up your influential community. And so mm-hmm. you want to make sure you deliberately surround yourself with people who, who support you, who feed you, um, that you contribute to. So, but yeah, you don't have to go through a whole process or program or education, and, and that's what stops people is, oh, I don't have this or I don't have that, so thus I can't, I, 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 I can't move forward. You know, you said something earlier I thought was really telling when you said, I'm not really an imposter. I used to be, but now I just kind of will try something or figure it out or go try something, right? Right mm-hmm. there, when you said that, that takes courage. That's absolutely courageous to go. Even if you don't have all the plan in place, that still takes courage to go do it and figure it out in the moment or figure it out in the next hour or figure it out the next day, right? And that mm-hmm. takes courage. So, so congratulations on that because – a lot of that's where people get stuck. They can they can do the V O I, but when they get mm-hmm. to C, which is courage, comfort zone, that's where people get 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 stopped. Mm. Wow, you know, it is. I mean, it, you know, people have have had so many issues with just self confidence. In your book, what do you address when it comes to self confidence? To to kind of point out that people are already really doing it. They just don't realize it. And I think to listen to those naysayers is, is really detrimental to your psychological health. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so everything in the book is around how do you build your self-confidence in a quiet way? So in other words, I tend, I'm an introvert. I, I, so, so I sit with myself quite a bit. I can process things. Now, I can get in my head quite a bit, which can feed certain things about, about imposter and, and self-doubt. But I wrote the book sort of with, with thinking about how do you sit with yourself and build your confidence or build that DNA, and it's all by baby steps. It's not large-scale steps that, that won't mm-hmm. stick. It really, if you think about baby steps, babies take small steps fall down, get back up, fall down, get back up. That's what we have to do to build our, our self-confidence and, and dilute the self-doubt. The self-doubt will, come, will creep back in, but what do you need to do to build that self-confidence? Perhaps it's really recognizing what successes you've had to this point. Perhaps it's really recognizing certain traits that you have that are very strong. Perhaps mm-hmm. it's just recognizing what did you do today or yesterday that is very deliberate. I use the term deliberate a lot or the word deliberate because I think in today's world we can just go and do things without really thinking. You know, we just go out and, and we take action or we, we go out and we, we, we read things. 
I'm very, very deliberate with what I choose to read, what I choose mm-hmm. to say, who I choose to be with, um, who I choose to have conversations with, um, and who I who who you know, all those things. And I don't think we do that a lot. So so that's where I start in the book is really working on how deliberate are you around your thoughts mm-hmm. and then your behaviors because that will lead gotcha. to building your self confidence. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thoughts can be deceiving, though. I mean, you know, but I, I love it. I love what you've done. You've tackled something that most people won't tackle. I haven't heard of a book like this yet, and I'm I'm pretty much of a of a audio book kind of thing where I'm in the car or I'm I'm listening to something while sure. I'm working, and um, I have yet to hear about a book that will help you uh, to not be that imposter that you think you may be, because a lot of times we aren't imposters. Um, so tell me, how can people get your book? How can they get this? Oh, absolutely, Yaya. Thank you for, thank you for asking. So um, the couple ways, my book is Find Your Voice as a Leader, um, and my last name is Larson, L-A-R-S-E-N. Um, it's on Amazon, so they can get, um, they can get the different, different uh, formats on Amazon. They can go to my website, which is Paul. N as in Neil Larson, L-A-R-S-E-N dot com, and they can order it from the website. I've also got other things on the website for them, um, just different resources and, and different sort of things that are they, they can they can just get. They can also just email me, and and I'm I'm always available. I'm one of these like um, kind of pay it forward kind of people. Like I've gotten. I've had a blessed life. Uh, my life continues to be a, just a learning experience. So. When people email me and just ask questions and so forth, it's like, hey, here it is. Here's here's more resources for you, or here's an here's an activity for you. So they can email me at paul at paulnlarson dot com. So whether or not they 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 get the book or or what have you, um, I'm happy to just provide sort of any sort of thoughts and insights that I can because every person I meet, I learn from. I don't have to agree okay. with them. They're not going to be my BFFs, but right. it's all part of the community <laughs> we build together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Paul. I appreciate it. Definitely appreciate it. Um, it has been really, really cool. Well, I mean, you know, when you when you talk to people, and you and you see mm-hmm. you see that they need a little little push, a little nudge. Maybe they're doing everything. Maybe they're not. What do you tell them? What is the first thing that you tell them? Um, what is your triangle of success? And what I mean by that is and that's a great question because I see this all the time, and this is what's worked for me. So, and I and I and I run into this with people who we would deem very successful, and I run into the people who seem kind of in the shadows of life as well. So both both categories of folks could use a little triangle of success. I have them map out a triangle, just a three-point triangle as we learned in school, or some people learned in school. It took me a while to learn that part in math, but learn the, the triangle. <laughs> and then I have, them, I have them point out on the triangle, um, what, what do you stand for in your life? What are the three points of your life that you stand for? You know, what, what do you know to be true in your life? There's no right or wrong answer on this. Some people will write out you know, things around their family or friends. Some people will write out things about their behavior. Some people will write out sort of who they represent themselves in their life, i.e. what I talked about earlier, their brand. And those become the three points. 
and I have them explain that to me. This is a an exercise that can be done in – it sounds maybe extensive, but it can be done in 15 minutes. And once they own that three points, those three points then become their three pivots of how they can then use that to be their GPS in their life. And right there, that's enough. It's not enough to turn everyone's life around, but it's enough to pivot and finesse the mindset. So again – your triangle, your triangle of success, everyone has that. Everyone has that. And when you ask about it and when people can author that and you help guide them through that, it becomes something that can, they reveal to themselves. I'm not telling them what it is. They reveal it, tell me the story, and then they own it. And I've had incredible success with it because I've used it. So I know that mm. it, it, it works, and that's just a, that's just one little exercise that I find um, to be very helpful with folks. Mm. I like that. I definitely like that. I want to thank you again for being on the show, and I hope that people know that you know sometimes it's important uh, that we have that backup plan, or we have that backup person, or that backup thought pattern, or or psychologically having, you know, to know that we are actually going in the right direction. Um, if you're having that issue, please go to Paul. And is it N. Larson? So yeah, Paul N. Larson. N is in com. Right. Okay. And we do have that uh, that link there on our, our description box below the interview. Please go ahead and uh, copy and paste that into your browser and, and go check that out. Paul, thank you again for being on the show. You have to come back again and talk I some more. I'm will. sure people will love it. I mean, and, and we um, need it. We need it. We do need it. Well, thank you so much, Yaya. I really, really appreciate it. It's been an honor to meet you, and it's been an honor to be on your show, and I would love to come back at some point. Thank you so much again. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. Wow. Mr. Larson is amazing. I love, I love that. I love it. I am not an imposter anymore. I feel that. I can feel it. Yes. No longer am I an imposter. And so can you. You can actually get past your thinking of being an imposter. Well, we're going to end the show today. I told you we were going to have a great show. I meant it. And this has been amazing. I have to get ready because tonight I have a show and I'm not an imposter anymore. So I'm going to do my daggone thing. That's right, baby. (laughs) All right, then guys, don't forget to what? Dare to be different, baby. 